Community Conversations with Community Centres SA. Here's Kerry Ackermans. This is our second podcast of a two-episode feature on the cost of living crisis, how it is affecting every aspect of lives in our communities. Today we'll be talking to Karen Hoffensetz from the South Australian Financial Counselling Association from the broader perspective of where they are seeing the key impacts, but specifically here in South Australia and how they can get help from financial counsellors. Karen, what led you into financial counselling? Was it an area that you worked in for some amount of time? Oh, Carrie, I have worked in this area for some time, but what led me into it is I previously sat on the guardianship board and what happens was people coming in front of the board and being put on orders and there were people that had not ever had the opportunity to know what a budget is or or been educated around how to deal with their money. So it got me thinking there must be something out there that we can help people with and um, that's how I found financial counselling. I didn't even know it was a thing before that. Well, that's the interesting thing is people always think about a financial planner, not so much the counselling side. But in today's current cost of living impacts, then it's required more than ever. Uh, yes, people do confuse financial counsellors with financial advisors or financial planners. But there is quite a big difference between the two. Financial counsellors' services are quite different. So people that go to financial planners or financial advisors will get advice on how to invest their money and how best to grow their portfolios and and money. But people coming to see financial counsellors are usually people who are in debt and they're not able to meet their ongoing expenses or they need some help, education around budgeting and and that sort of thing. Um, So they're quite different. Financial counsellors don't charge fees to clients. They don't receive any payments or commissions from other parties for their services, and they must have appropriate qualifications and training, as do financial planners. But with financial counsellors, they must be eligible for membership of a financial counselling association um, and work in that free, non-judgmental, independent information space. Good point to make. So, Karen, we're all hearing about the cost of living impacts, but it's biting very hard, particularly for people in lower socioeconomic demographics. People can't meet their rent. They're not able to meet the soaring electricity bills. What are you seeing out there? So, here at SASCA, um, we're seeing it anecdotally because we're not working directly with the clients, but we are hearing it from our members who are working with clients. So, I just wanted to preface it by saying that first. In the past, financial counsellors mainly saw people who were unemployed or underemployed, illness, relationship breakdown, and low income and poverty, and a range of other things. But what they're seeing now is what you've just touched on, Kerry, is there's an increase in expenses that we're seeing now. So one of the things that financial counsellors and other financial wellbeing services are seeing are people who may actually be working, that have worked for a long time, but now their their wages haven't kept up with the cost of living costs. So they're coming in to see financial counsellors to get that help around how they might be able to negotiate better rates on their home loan or how they might be able to get some help around consolidating some of the debts and some of their expenses that they are having. 
The other thing that we're seeing is for those people who rent, the rental market is now very difficult to get into and it's just basic supply and demand. So as there's more people trying to get into rental properties, the prices have risen and now there's a lot of people that can't even get into the rental market. Those that are in the rental market are now looking for financial counsellors to help them with their budgeting so they can afford to stay in in their um, accommodation. So really we're talking knife edge, aren't we, here for people who've never probably experienced it before and no doubt don't have a lot of savings behind them either. No, that's absolutely right. And recently I came across a fellow in a shopping centre car park and, and I went off and did my shopping and I came back and the fellow was still sitting in his car and I... I went around and I, I said to him, are you okay? Are, are you sleeping in your car? And he said, yes, I am. I said, do you need some help with some food? And I was going to refer him. And he said, no, no, I've got enough money. I just can't find anywhere to live. It's so unbelievable, even, isn't it? Yeah, blew my mind. I mean, I knew it was out there, but when you have that actual conversation with a person, um, a, you know, a real-life person instead of just reading or whatever, it, it was, yeah, it's heartbreaking and there's families living in cars as well so just because they can't find anywhere. And that's live. the hard thing with what you're trying to do. You can do what you can do, but you can't magic a house and we just don't have the housing, <laughs> so it's a real crisis. Exactly. I mean, financial counsellors can help in lots of areas and do lots of things, but, yeah, you're exactly right. When there's nothing, there's no stock out there for people or very limited stock. Um, it, it is very difficult for people and you know people have to move sometimes in rental market they might want to sell the house to the landlords or they, they might want to put the rent up and that's been happening a lot and people can't afford to stay where they are so then they've got to find somewhere else and there's all the costs associated with moving as well so um, yeah it is a bit of a perfect storm the housing market at the minute. It is as well as because the return for landlords is that they can get their money out of the housing market. Mm. I mean some the average median house price has gone up to the point where just by owning a home you've made $50,000. Yes exactly and, and you know a few years ago we were working on a project in the northern suburbs of Adelaide where we were trying to help people get into their own home and the housing stock out there at that stage was affordable for people on low incomes but that it's not affordable for anybody unless you've got a really decent income or, or you're that landlord that's got capacity to build up your portfolio. Exactly and of course they're now for some of them they've got increasing mortgage rates interest rates. Yes. So they're thinking, well, we'll take advantage of the high property market, sell off, put it into the share market instead. So you're right, it is mm. a perfect storm. Then we have rising power prices, rising costs mm. at the grocery store. We've not seen this before where it really is a melting pot of pressure. No, you're exactly right. I mean, um, we're seeing people coming in for emergency assistance with our financial wellbeing partners who have never accessed any assistance in the past. They're able to meet maybe meet their rental obligations and some of their, you know, their electricity and other things, but they've got nothing left for food or presents for their children at Christmas. So there's been a huge increase of people accessing emergency assistance in the sector as well people that have never been seen before. And of course, there's all the associated when you have a family, there's health costs. It's not just where you live and the power and the food you put on the table, but there's education, there's health, there's a car, if they have a car. So mm. as I said, you can't magic things out of a hat, but certainly your type of help at least can get people 
to where they can see it on paper, I'm presuming, and be able to work something through and know where to go where they can get help. Absolutely. So one of the things financial counsellors will do with people when they do come in, um, and you know, we have to think for people accessing financial counselling, it's really difficult for them to step over that door and put their hand up and say, I need some help here. You know, we don't walk along the streets and sort of say, oh, how much do you earn and yeah, what do you earn? You know, what are you spending your money on? So the fact that they're actually able to, to take that step is amazing in the first place. But once they're there and they're starting to see the financial counsellors, they can help them around that financial stress or hardship. But as you keep saying, they can't magic a house or or whatever, but they can help um, ease some of the pressures. So they would go through the budget quite specifically and look at money plans and work out, you know, how much they're paying for their electricity or their gas or their phone and see if there's alternatives there that might be a little bit cheaper for them or payment plans, things like that. So it's good from that point of view. They also look at any loans they've got, not just the mortgage as you spoke about earlier, but they'll look at personal loans and credit cards and negotiate with banks around how those loans can be paid back and if they can maybe get some relief on the interest or get a better interest rate, all of those sort of things. So and I guess how to have those discussions too, Karen, is important because a lot mm. of people think, I, I couldn't talk to a bank, I wouldn't know what to say. Absolutely, and they will do that. Financial counsellors will sit with the client they don't want to be the big saviour and come and save everything for them. We like to walk alongside our clients and give them those skills as well. But, you know, sometimes when people first come in, they do need an extra hand to be able to do some of those things. So absolutely ring the bank, usually hopefully with the person with you and have those conversations around, you know, things we just spoke around about, better interest rates or maybe take a little break in payment for a little while to get back on track, all of those sorts of things. Financial counsellors really help people, but they want to empower them to be able to help themselves moving forward as well. And that's then sustainable, that. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. So, you know, we don't want people to just keep circling back all the time because they haven't been given those skills to be able to deal with some of these things themselves. Of course, things happen in people's lives and another crisis or another situation's come up and they may have to come back. But just to give them some of those skills and confidence to be able to manage some of the things themselves. And Karen, your role being financial being and gambling officer, I'm keen to discuss the gambling side because that's one is that now people can gamble on the run, on their phone, wherever they want. And I'm very concerned, particularly for young people in the digital age where it just seems so easy they're not dealing with real money. How much of an issue is this and what are you seeing? So the role that I'm in has just started in September. It's a newly funded role from the Office of Problem Gambling, which comes under the Department of Human Services in South Australia. So I'm still on my learning curve with the gambling, but... But, big but, the amount of money that has been spent, not just online by young people, and I'll I'll come back to that because it's a very important point you make, but also the amount of money that's being spent in the poking machines, still, it's mind-blowing, the amount, and this is in New South Wales, but in one of their local council areas with their clubs and pubs and what sporting um, places that have poking machines, 1.6 million a day in one local council area is being put into the poking one machine. One council area, just one. That's one crazy. council area, yeah. 
So that's in Sydney. I don't have the exact numbers here. It wouldn't be quite that much, but there is a lot of money. There's billions of dollars get spent in gambling. But you touched on the young people and it is a growing concern because they're also tech savvy and the way the gambling industry advertises and things like that, it's very normalised in our society for people to gamble and they've made it even more. You look at all the ads on TV and you're with your mates and we're down the pub. It's a lifestyle. You know, do mate thing. Mm. Exactly, it's a lifestyle. They're getting caught into it. So with the younger people currently, we don't see them in financial counselling as much yet. I think they've still got supportive parents like that, especially those younger ones. You can do some of this stuff at 16. It's absolutely nuts. You know, they've still got a bit of support and they don't have those assets that they can lose yet. You know, hopefully we can start feeding into that. But it is a, it's a big, big problem. I think the more we talk about gambling harm in our community and what it does to people and families and you know it's not just the person that's having the gambling harm it's all the people around them and the flow-on effect i've learned so much in the last couple of months the thing that i've realized is the more i know the more i realize i don't know about it it's just yeah so carol where can people get help for gambling so there is the gambling helpline the number there is 1-800-858-858 that's the best place to start Now, from a financial counselling point of view, we often have people come in with financial hardship and it's not until you've seen them a couple of times that you realise that there might actually be some gambling things happening in the background. So there's a lot of shame around admitting that you've got something going on with the gambling. People are much more open to talk about other addictions that might be happening for them. So, you know, they'll tell you about cigarettes and alcohol and they'll even talk about recreational drugs. But to talk about gambling is actually tricky for a lot of people. Yeah, it's very interesting. So it's hard to get to the bottom of it because if you discuss all those other things and they go for help for that, it's Mm. not addressing the fundamental issue. No, no, there's not. We also in South Australia have specific gambling financial counsellors. Part of my role that I've just come into is helping the generalist financial counsellors with their referral pathways for help for people that are gambling and capacity building for the for the sector really that's part of my role as well that's all very new come back in a year I'll have a lot more to tell you about that I hope well well, I'm sure unfortunately we'll probably need a follow-up interview because it's not going away anytime soon Uh, Karen how do people access financial counselling help here in South Australia There's the National Debt Helpline, and so the National Debt Helpline, doesn't matter where you are in Australia, it's one of those numbers that will take you through to your area. It's 1800, it's a good one, you'll like this, it's 1800 007 007, so just think of James Bond. There's also a couple of others, so we have the Regional Financial Counselors Helpline for those farmers and small rural businesses, which is 1800 836. Mm-hmm. And then the specific Gambling Financial Counselors Helpline is 1800 182 325. There's also an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people number, which is the Mob Strong Debt Help, 1800 808 
four double eight. So there's a few different um, numbers there. But when in doubt, go the James Bond number and they'll send you where you need to be. That's the easiest one. Karen, thank you very much for joining us today to talk about that important topics. And I'm sure that uh, we'll have follow-up information down the track, but really appreciate you sharing your advice and information today. Thank you for having me, Kerry. Thanks for listening. These podcasts bring you stories from across the state of South Australia all of the great work being done in our communities and general topics of community interests. Feel free to share these podcasts with your networks and send us any feedback to info at communitycentressa.asn.au. Community Conversations. For more information, check out communitycentressa.asn.au.